Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, I just got back from Los Angeles, where I had the chance to go to the Days of Our Lives set for the 54th anniversary celebration. So we actually did a cute video on the Dual app when I was there. And if our listeners don't have that app, I would recommend downloading it right away because they really have such fun content and you get to see the stars as themselves in a way that you really don't get to anywhere else. Um, anyway, it was such a nice day on the set. The mood was really upbeat and everyone just seemed really happy. Uh, so cut to a few days later and a story came out online that the entire show had been released from their contracts, which set off a crazy firestorm. I mean, not only around the Internet, but like around the world that days was being canceled. So here is the story. Um, you know, the show tapes very far ahead in a way that no other soap does. And for the past couple of years or so, they've been taping about five months ahead of what's airing. Um, so this year, they really accelerated the pace. And when they go on their holiday break next week, they will have about nine months in the can, which will bring them to the end of their current contract with NBC, which expires in 2020. Now, NBC and Sony and Cordae Productions were in active negotiations at the time that article came out to keep the show on the air. And they were very hopeful that they were going to get a pickup. But these headlines became super sensational and made the situation seem much more dire than it is, especially because as we were beginning to record this podcast, we got news that the show has indeed been picked up for another year and will be on the air through September 2021 which of course is amazing news indeed. Absolutely. And so much total like cause for celebration. Um, but going back to like the epic response that we saw in the wake of this like days is gone kind of um, clickbaity moment that mm -hmm. we saw happen, the hiatus itself wasn't even new news because everyone in the cast has been aware of it for months. Right. Um, and a number of folks like really did take advantage of social media to offer some clarification on the actual situation to kind of calm that down for people who were following the situation closely enough and cared enough to get more information, which I don't think necessarily like the mainstream media was as quick to pick up on. Mm -hmm. Um but uh, Camila Banis, who plays Gabby, um, she very emphatically stated that the truth of the matter was that she had not been fired, <laughs> uh, nor had any of her co-stars. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw Greg Vaughn, who plays Eric, and Chandler Massey, who plays Will, also point out that the show was not canceled and would continue to air as scheduled, uh, as scheduled rather, during the production hiatus. And on the podcast that Freddie Smith, who plays Sonny, hosts with his fiance Alyssa Tabit, um, the Freddie and Alyssa show. Uh, Freddie offered even more context, noting that uh, it really was business as usual at the studio. And on top of that, that the show had been investing in brand new sets, which don't mm -hmm. come cheap. Um, and they would not be, you know, spending money on these sets if they didn't fully expect to be back up and running and using said sets following their hiatus. Um, I thought it was really cute how Christian uh, Alfonso, who plays Hope, kind of summed it up in a video that she posted from uh, from work on November 12th with Ron Carlovati, the head writer, saying simply, we're still here and we're not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it 
was really curious timing in that, as you pointed out, it wasn't a secret at the set or really kind of in the industry that they were going on this hiatus and that the contracts were ending while they were waiting for the pickup. But the way the news was reported, it made it seem like it had just happened, which I think is what set up the panic. Right. I mean, to say my phone blew up that day would be an understatement. And now that the show has been picked up, I really hope the mainstream media covers it just as heavily as it did with these cancellation rumors. Mm-hmm. So on another day's note, the show just made a very fun announcement. There's going to be a new series on the Dual app beginning November 29th. It's called The Last Blast Reunion and will feature the dot-com crew of the early aughts. So we'll see Brandon Beamer as Sean, Nadia Bjorlin as Chloe, Martha Madison as Belle, as well as Heather Lindell as Jan, Aaron Van Wagner as Jason, and a surprise guest to boot. Now, Farafath had a scheduling conflict and couldn't come back to film as Mimi, so we will see a recast Mimi for the limited app series. But I spoke to Brandon and Nadia about the new series when I was at the set, and they said they had such a good time reminiscing and just all being together. And I am super psyched to watch it. I have to say, Days has so been killing it with all of the fun supplemental material on that app. Um, I really wish that other shows would follow suit. I mean, I can imagine uh, GH doing like a digital series just about the nurses <laughs> or B&B doing one about like the goings on at the Forester Officer in Paris. Um, I also really love the piece that you hosted on the day of the anniversary. It was just thank you, really cool, not only to see my friend Steph Sloan on the set with all the stars, <laughs> but it really felt like, um, you know, our click pages in the magazine which is our paparazzi coverage, uh, it, it felt like watching it come to life. Mm-hmm. And it's very clever, I think, to capitalize on the soft spot that Days fans have for that teen crew, now no longer a teen crew, uh, from the last Blast era. And while we've seen people like Brandon and Martha and Nadia in Salem in recent years, it will really be like a full-on blast from the past to see like Heather Lindell and Aaron Von Wagner. I mean, who'd have thunk it? I know. I mean, watch your back, Sean. Yeah, right. I mean, to your point, I would love to see that uh, digital series with the nurses or B&B's Forrester office in Paris is like completely brilliant. I mean, there seem to be so many opportunities online now. You know, I wish there was a way to work out rebooting some of the soaps from the past. I mean, could you imagine seeing reunion episodes from like Ryan's Hope or Sunset Beach or Santa Barbara? Yeah, I absolutely can. (laughs) And I can also imagine like a a limited series, like a 10-episode drop of new episodes of Santa Barbara on Netflix or something like that. Trust, I would be getting an Airbnb in the mountains so that no one could disturb me while I watched. (laughs) (laughs) Well, our guest today got her soap start on a beloved soap from the past that we would also love to see rebooted. It's Amelia Heinley, who plays Young and Restless's Victoria, but was once known as Loving Steffi. So let's get her on the phone to talk about her soap journey. Hi, Amelia. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we have never spoken to you for the podcast, so there's a lot to go over with you. Never done a podcast before. This is exciting. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear what kind of questions you have. (laughs) They're very tough. It's all about your life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Great. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's go back and start at the beginning of your show business career and tell us how you broke into the business. Okay. Well, um, I moved to New York after high school. I was 18. Um, it didn't, I think I I wanted to go up to sort of just, uh, well, I just wanted to get to the city, to be honest. I wanted to get out of New Jersey and, um, I didn't want to go to college. I was, wasn't sure what I wanted to study. So um, I got on a Greyhound bus and I ended up in New York and um, I started doing a little modeling um, and that sort of wasn't what I was wanting. Um, I did, I think I probably did it for like a year and, um, and then I realized that wasn't for me. So I started, I was, while I was modeling, I was also kind of going out for commercial auditions and things like that, which is the, you would sort of follow a, a protocol when you went there okay, I'm going to be a model and I'm also going to audition for commercials. And like, I was doing all those things. And then, um, uh, I remember I was working also at a coat check and it was called, uh, the supper club called Laura Bell. And I think it's still there. This really cool, like Italian club with the velvet booths and the big dance floor. And like, you just don't see places like this anymore. And, um, but I worked there as a coat check girl and I was working and auditioning for commercials and my agent who was just a commercial agent happened to have a, a role for a soap opera. Um, so I 
had really no acting experience, but I just sort of was like, oh, this would be kind of fun. So I went uptown. It was 66th Street where all the studios used to be, where they used to tape all my children and loving and um, One Life to Live was up there and Guiding Light and everything was, in, you know, that was like the mecca of soap. So I didn't know that. I just was like this little coat check girl slash model slash <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and so I, I ended up going to the wrong studio. I remember it was raining and then I ended up going to One Life to Live because it was confusing if you didn't know the right studio. And then I was late and I, then I finally ended up at the Loving Studio. Um, that's the soap opera that I auditioned for. And somehow I lucked into that role because I had absolutely no experience. And um, I worked there. I landed the role of Steffi, Steffi Brewster. I remember that was the worst name. I'm like, why would they name someone Steffi Brewster? It's the worst <laughs> soap opera name. It doesn't even sound like dramatic. It's just like Steffi Brewster. But um, <laughs> it was... It was fine. I mean, I was just happy to be doing it. And I'm like, how did I even get this job? <laughs> and um, I remember I remember later I became friends with the casting directors. And they're like, "We, well, you weren't the best of the actresses, but we just had seen that you, you had a good instinct or something like that. So they back then they hired you off of stuff like that. I don't think they do that as much anymore. Um, but I, the role was mine and I took it for three years and and um it was you know like old school soap opera back then I think I think those were still the days of old school uh it was before the OJ Simpson trials <laughs> <laughs> pre-OJ um, so because that kind of changed yeah I know but that sort of changed the face of, of daytime watching I think and that's why I mentioned that but um and then so I was on that soap for a while um for the three years and then I I um I left ultimately after my three-year contract and I went out and pursued other things. I also had my first child with Michael Weatherly who went on to do other things in, in television. He's a big movie TV star now, mm-hmm. but um, we met on that soap and that was really a fun point in my life. Um, and then I came out to LA. Oh, did I come out to LA? Yeah, we came out to LA together and we both sort of, pursued our nighttime careers and sort of just, you know, auditioned. And I think he had like a holding deal or some like network and they did holding deals back then. And, um, gosh, I'm making myself sound so old, but <laughs> I, I kind of am now. I don't know. I'm like, way back in the day. <laughs> but you were still kind of a baby at the time that we're talking about. You were still a teenager when you were hired on Loving. Yeah. I was. Yeah, that's true. Thank you for making me feel better. <laughs> yeah. I was young. Tell us about like what life was like for you on Loving. Like who were your friends there and what are your standout memories of, of being a Corinth well, resident? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was, it was a great experience. It was hard to leave, but I knew that I wanted to try other things at that age. But um, I remember um, Jessica Collins was there, uh, who also made an appearance later on, on Young and the Restless. She was on the show for the, for a while and I knew her from Loving. So that was a nice, that was a, a a great moment when she came on our show. I was like, wow, this is great. She's, you know, people have been doing this. We circled back around and met each other again, but yeah, essentially cool. back then we weren't really friends. We just kind of knew each other. And, you know, there's a different, when you come on the soap and you're young, there's like a different vibe than when you come, like when we met each other later, we were in our thirties, I think. And it was like different, you know, meetings, but then we were just like looking at each other like, Oh, what is she, is she going to be better than me? Is she going to be better than me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think I really talked to her much back then, but um, Rebecca Gayhart was there. I remember she she was nice, but she was leaving when I came in. Um, Michael Weatherly, he was there for a little bit before I left. He and then he went and did other things. Roger Howarth was on Loving when I was there. Um, Raina Sofer, I think, was had been there, but left right as I got there. Lisa Peluso, um, the person who really sticks out in my mind was Nancy Addison, who I worked with. It. She played my mom. They actually mm-hmm. brought her on. To play my mother and I felt that's when I started to feel important because they were giving me a family member and um and she was wonderful and um yeah she's passed on now from I think she had well I know she had cancer but it's very sad because she was just like a such a lovely lady she was a spark sparky lady and she always treated me so well and gave me a lot of advice I remember I would sit in her dressing room and we would just talk and she would just you know she was Older, a lot older than me, but I gleaned a lot of knowledge from her, and she 
she made it so much fun. Um, so I miss her. I wish she was still around. <clears throat> Who else was on that show? Laura Wright was there as well I when you were there. Tyler. Oh yeah, Trucker. Who, Who could forget Trucker? Oh, that's Trucker. a good soap yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Like, why didn't I have a? Why do the guys have all the good soap names? <laughs> Well, I mean, there also was like Dinah Lee and Hannah. I mean, it's not as though when you're like listing them, that stuff is so bad compared to Yeah, it fits right in with that. I know, Dinah Lee is pretty bad. (laughs) Dinah Lee is really bad. Um, Laura Wright was there when you were there as well, Amelia. Oh, how could I forget Laura? Or Laura Sisk as she was. That's right. She was Laura Sisk and we were roommates for about eight months because when I first came on, we, she was the person who was my friend. I made a friend with her. And then we decided we were going to be roommates and that lasted about eight months. And then, you know, we just, we, we had a blast. I mean, New York city at that age and having a job on a TV show, it was like, and it was so weird. I remember thinking right before I got on the show, I was watching it at home because I, I was senior year in high school and I kind of would get the second half of the day off and I'd go home and I'd watch general hospital because I really, really, really loved Duke and Anna so very much. And I would, skip the end of school to go watch them. And then I think Loving would come on either before or after. It was a different network or it was a different network. No, No, it was was the same. same. Yeah, Yeah, it it was before. Yeah, so that's why I ended up Mm -hmm. watching Loving. Yeah. And okay, that makes sense. And I remember seeing, I would see Michael and I would see Rebecca and they had their little storyline. And I'm like, oh, look at that. Those are cool. It was like a kid's storyline and I was a kid. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to watch it. And then like months later, or well, a year later, Year, year, maybe two years later, because I spent a year in New York doing nothing but modeling. But a year later, I was I was on the show, so it was like, oh, now I'm on the show. <laughs> this is weird. Very yeah, that weird. is weird. <laughs> but fun. It was a great time to be on a soap opera. It really was. I remember they used to take it, and now it's too. But back then, they used to sort of we used to tour the country a little bit more, and you know. Um, more people were watching, I think. It was kind of the glory, the golden age of soaps, um, or at least the tail end of it. So mm-hmm. it was fun. So you really can compare, you know, sort of the experience today versus what you had when you started. Mm-hmm. Totally different, I would imagine. That's the fun part. Yeah. Is that like a lot of these people that you talk to on the show now, they're like, oh, well, what is this normal? And you're like, it's normal now. But you remember, like, I can relate when Mel and when Melody and Eric are talking about the golden age and you know, the, the vets are talking about it. I'm like, I was, I wasn't on YNR, but I was doing soaps back then. So I remember it. Mm-hmm. I I'm just, I was like, I wasn't the eighties, but it was the early nineties and it was still kind of that way. You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember going to the white house. We toured the white house at one point when I was on loving and that was really That's fun. Cool. And it was just a, a different, it was cool. I think Bill Clinton was in there at the time. So, Yes, yeah, so that was loving. Mm-hmm. Now, did you uh, hang out with um, anyone from All My Children or One Life at that time? Like, did you guys all hang out or did you really just stick to your uh, own cast? <laughs> you guys are reminding me of so many things. Yes. Oh, we used to hang out with Kelly Rippa. She was on All My Children at the time. And Laura was, Laura Wright, Laura Sisk was more friends with her, but I would, I would go to her little things and she would, she was always a lot of fun. And then, you know, they would always have parties and have, gatherings and events and St. Jude's and, you know, all this, this charity stuff that we would do. And so we did actually rub elbows with each other a lot, but, um, can't really remember the specifics, but we did like, we did, you know, pretty much stick to our cast and our show and just hang out with each other and sort of at that age, it's like, I'm in New York and that's, those are the only people I know because I just came up, you know, start a career. And then all of a sudden I have a career and then I'm just hanging out with the people that I know because it's a big city and, you know, um, and then, yeah, then I, um, well, Michael and I ended up getting married and having August, our son is now 23. Oh God. He'll be 24 soon. It's so crazy. I mean, it's really crazy. I, I remember like following your relationship and soap opera digest and when you had your child, you know, so like, I feel old. You're aging yeah, me hard. Crazy. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I know. It's just, that's, that's why it goes yeah. fast. Well, you were a very young mom. Yes, yeah. yes. And so, I yes. was. I was. I thought it was normal, but it's not normal. No. <laughs> <laughs> my mom had me. My my mom had me when when she was um, 
18. So to me, that was like, oh, no, I'm okay. I'm pregnant. Okay, I'm going to have him. Yeah, that's good. And then I realized later, I'm like, whoa, I was really young. (laughs) But best thing I ever did, I got to tell you, Mm -hmm. because he's my buddy and he's just like this, oh, God, he's wonderful. So thank God that happened. Um, And then we moved to L.A. And we, I left this, I left loving and, oh, I think I left the loving and became a city. Yes, you did. They, they kind of tried to, yeah, they transitioned it towards the end of my contract and they, they were trying to like, I think otherwise it was going to get canceled because it was kind of just a little half hour show that wasn't, you know, it was doing pretty well. I don't know what the ratings were, but it was just back then it just wasn't going to last. So they transferred it to the city and then I left after a year of that. But Morgan Fairchild was on and, you know, they did a really good job of trying to make it look different and save it. But I don't I don't think it lasted much longer. Yeah, it was short lived. R.I.P. R. the city. Yeah, we miss those half hour shows. Isn't Bold and Beautiful half hour? Or is it, yes, yeah, but I mean, there used to be Ryan's hour? Hope. There was this. Oh. I mean, it's just like Edge oh, of Night. Right. There just were so many back in the day. Right. That, you know. Oh, there was, I didn't realize all those were half hours. OK. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So wait, I have to talk to you about about one of your credits after the city because I fully remember sitting in the movie theater and going, "Oh my god, it's Steffi!" When I watched the Steven Soderbergh <laughs> movie that you were in, The Limey. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, The Limey. So that's a pretty cool credit. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I know. I think I had a dream about that movie last night. That's so weird because it's weird. not Summoned the movie because we were talking about making a. It's it was really cool. I mean. I didn't realize who Steven Soderbergh was. That's when I moved out to LA and I was like doing, Michael was doing his thing. I think, I'm not sure what we were doing, but I was trying to get work and it was, wasn't easy. I was doing like movies of the week and like TNT movies and stuff like that with actually really cool people that I can't believe I worked with. Like I worked with Sam Shepard. I worked with Randy Quaid was, I mean like all these people that I would never, and just, you know, just me like walking my way into everything. And they weren't like great movies or anything, but these are people that I would have never thought I would ever be meeting or working with. But yeah, um, it's amazing. And then I got the limey, and I didn't know what it was, and I didn't know who Steven Soderbergh was. I knew he did Sex Lies and Videotape, and my agent was like, "Oh my God, Amelia, you got the you you have the role." And I'm like, "What?" And she's like, "Do you even did you even read the script?" I'm like, <laughs> "Well, not yet." <laughs> I'm like, "I just don't, I tried to read it, but I go I don't understand. It. It's not that good." And she's like, "It's Steven Soderbergh," and I'm like. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I'm like, I didn't get the concept of, of, cause my, you know, a lot of actors like to get into the movies and who's the director and who's the producer, like what, to, and they're really in the art of it. And I just didn't, I didn't have enough time to watch movies. Cause I guess, cause I had August and I was just, you know, doing my thing. Um, when I first moved out to LA also, I, I was, um, I almost, I said, you know what? I hate people that do this, but I'm going to do it. I almost booked, Scream. It was between me. Wow. Campbell. I know. And I met um, what's his name? Oh, who? Wes Craven. And I was like, he. We had. Uh, I remember we had dinner or breakfast at some like diner in the hotel I was staying at. And I was going to be the girl, but then they changed their mind last minute and they made it her because she had like more movie or more television poll, and I wasn't anybody. So I was like, oh darn. Okay. Wow. Well, but then the movie became huge. I'm like, oh, I was, man. <laughs> so that's a good one. That and so almost, like, yeah. I know. I was like, oh, it's all right. I didn't. I wasn't too heartbroken over it. But um, anyway, so yeah, the limey, and then I did that with um, Steven Soderbergh and Peter Fonda, who just passed away. Yeah. So, which I couldn't believe. And um, it's so weird when people you know start passing away that and you're like they're not that old. And then I looked, and I'm like, oh, he was kind of getting up there, I guess. Um, so I did the limey and, and Steven Soderbergh is probably the coolest, one of the coolest people I've ever met. He was just not a director at all. Like he wasn't like a director, director, like, okay, cast, come here. Now I want you to feel like, the, you know, like Peter Fonda is like your boyfriend. He's just like, he would, he would be quiet. He was quiet. He was behind the camera. And he sent out this letter to the whole cast and crew before when we started production. And it was like, hi, my name is Steven Soderbergh and you won't see much of me, but blah, blah, blah. blah. And he went on and he it was funny. I can't remember. I wish I'd saved it, but it was something about describing who he was and how he was going to work. And it was so funny and so endearing. 
And then we literally never really saw him or heard from him, but you'd see him behind the camera because he also did his own camera work. But then he had a cameraman too, but then he would sit back there. And, and when he was done with the movie, he's such a genius. Like that bad script that I didn't want to read was great. He cut it together because that's his, his, the way that he edits is the way that he directs. It's like amazing. He's, he's a truly like talented person that I never even knew about until I you know worked there and saw how he did it. It was really cool. That sounds like an awesome experience. Oh, and Terrence Stamp was in that. Terrence Stamp. How could I leave him out? He's, he was actually, he's, I take it back. He's the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> Steven Soderbergh so has cool. dropped to number two. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I think Steven Soderbergh asked me out when I was on there, when I said, I don't know what I said. I don't remember. I was like, did he ask me out? I can't, I couldn't tell if he was asking me out or not. And then later on, I was like, I could have dated Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm so out of my element. <laughs> but... <laughs> A lot, a, a lot of, a lot of almost here. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of coulda, shoulda, what is happening. Know, that's the story of my life. <laughs> um, now, in 2001, you came back to daytime to play Mia Saunders on All My Children. First of all, what'd you think of that name before you started? And, um, oh, how did that come about, and what brought you back? Um, I just was out here, and I was, you know sort of missing the East Coast and missing my family. And I wanted to bring August back home to the, to the East Coast. And we're just, I was a little bit burnt out on California. And um, so I, I, my talk to the producer of um, that show was actually, had been the producer of Loving at that time. And so I, I just reached out to her and I'm like, I don't know, I'm looking to come back to the East Coast. I miss New York. And she brought me back on. To, um, I, she just happened to open a roll up for me, which I was like, really kind of nervous to do because I usually have to audition and I was like, okay, well, I hope there, I hope it's going to be okay. Um, then I went back and I was with my family and it was really nice. It was a good like down period to be back on the East coast and just sort of take a break from, cause it's difficult out here sometimes with the, when you're in the acting and you're trying to get jobs and I just needed to take a little personal time. And so I went on the soap and, um, I went back into the city and it was like actually really refreshing. It was, um, but <laughs> It was right around 9-11, actually, and um, I, was, I always look back, and I'm like, I can't believe I moved back to New York for three years, and I'm there for 9-11 and the blackout, and then I go back to L.A. Yeah. So I go there for the two craziest things that have happened there in a long time. Um, but back to the show, uh, yeah, All My Children. I ended up on All My Children. I was working with, um, I mean, Rebecca Buttig was there and Alicia Minshew and Terry Ivins and myself. And I was, again, I was only there for three years. So, um, you were the fusion girls. It was people that the fusion. Yes. Fusion. Oh my gosh. Sorry. And one of our directors that ended up coming to YNR later when I came to YNR, he was there and he had been on all my children. His name was Connell O'Brien. He used to call us, um, fusions cause he would forget our names and he just like <laughs> fusions stand over here. I'm like, what? Calling us that's so odd. But I think you thought it was funny, and then later we did too. <laughs> but wait, we've skipped over your um, your, fir- your thoughts, feelings, and what have you about the name Mia Saunders. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I like Mia. I didn't like Saunders. What's Saunders? Like? You're very hard to please, Amelia. I don't yeah. know. Well, I, when, I, I, I guess when you have a name like Amelia Heinley, I like, I yeah, like that's true. You like Victoria Newman. Okay. Well, yeah. Amelia Heinley is a really rocking name. Newman. Amelia Heinley? Yeah. No. <laughs> You're just saying that. No, no we're not. Really? Uh, it's a good name. <laughs> well, I like Amelia. I'm not sure about Heinley. I don't know. So funny. I'm actually also, well, yeah. <laughs> Mia Saunders. No, I didn't like it. Well, you came on like as, as uh, Liza's half-sister, and you got to work with the great Marcy Walker. What was your experience with her like? Yeah. She was really cool. I liked her. She was very, very low-key and, like, not what you would – I didn't expect anything, so I didn't – I mean, I only knew her from being on the show, but I – everybody said – she just had a real – even keel personality where she was just like, Hey, and you know, she didn't really, she wasn't like a soapy lady that was like cheesy or anything. She was really cool. And she was really kind to me. Um, 
I liked her acting a lot. I didn't know what I did. I don't think I'd seen her work since I got there. And then when I, when I, or before I came to the show and then when I got there and I was like, wow, I like her style. She had a really solid, like emotional style when, especially when she had the really dramatic stuff. And I wonder what she's doing. Really? She was cool. She left the business. She, uh, she and her husband, I think, um, moved South and upstate New York. No, I think they oh, moved oh. to the South and that she's like very involved in um, their ministry? church, their yeah, ministry. the ministry. Yeah. yeah. That's the last we hear. Oh, they're in a ministry? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I can see that. I can see her doing that. That's that's great. I think that, yeah. A lot of these people you lose touch with, like, I think a lot of them have come to YNR and I've seen them, like um, Michael Knight. Right. Mm-hmm. He was on, oh no, but he wasn't one, he, he was one that I knew when I was on all my, when I was on Loving and All My Children because his wife, Catherine, right. at the time was on Loving, who was amazing, Catherine Hicklin. Mm-hmm. And she was so, she was great. She used to let me watch her apartment when she would go out of town. She had this huge Upper West Side Central Park apartment that was just beautiful and we, oh, wow. <laughs> it was just like, I would babysit her house and pretend like I, you know, she just had a gorgeous house and she was always kind. Um, but um, Michael Knight came to our show to play, I forget. Simon oh, with Neville. Eileen Davidson, I think, for a little. Simon Neville, Dr. Simon Neville. Yeah. Or oh my ex- gosh, I, I you think, have good... I think actually, we, we, we have to know these things. Yes. <laughs> this is our only area of oh, expertise. Right. Okay, Don't ask yeah. us about, you know, anything else. But... <laughs> well... <laughs> oh, that's crazy. I, yeah, I don't even know his name. But yeah, he was he's he was an awesome person. I loved uh, working with him on all my children. He had a lot of advice for me back then. Um, he t- he was just funny. And then he showed he showed up on YNR too. I do remember you being like tight with those other ladies, like Alicia and Rebecca and Terry. Um, we have some really cute photos of yeah. of all of you that I run into from time to time. Oh my gosh, we had so much fun. We were it's that age when you're like just like having fun. You're just having fun. That's all there is to it. And they would always try to set me up with people and I'm like, I'm not no, I'm not no. <laughs> Crazy girl. And we were just like run we we were trapped in a, a studio all day when just like little dorms. It's like because <laughs> we would be there all day. It was like now you can kind of finish your scenes and if you're lucky you can leave for the rest of the day or you might have one later on in the day and you can go and then come back. But we were stuck in this like studio all day with each other. And we would just become, we just became friends and we would have sleepovers and slumber parties and things that grown women don't do, but we, did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun. And they were all awesome. They were all so awesome. I, I, that is a time I wish I could go back in this bottle. Cause it was, it was magical. That's awesome. Um, um, to have two and such I think good Rebecca, experiences. Rebecca Budick on General Hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's she's, popping. She's on General Hospital? Yes. Yes, yes she's playing okay. Hayden. Um, now, after Hayden. you wrapped at... Uh, now, that's a good now, soap opera name. Yeah, I was just Hayden about to say. Good. Hayden's good. That's true. <laughs> Hayden. That does sound much more okay, sorry. I, I wish that we had prepared like a whole yeah. list and we could just rapid fire, get your thoughts and feelings on their soap appropriateness. <laughs> next time we're going to do that. I wish you did too. Can we do that next time? Okay. 100%. That's going to be the next sidebar to your next game. interview in Soap Opera Digest. <laughs> I want to be the one to name everyone on the soap. <laughs> Actually, maybe it should go in the reverse. Um, maybe there wait, should be Amelia's list of soap names. Yes, we should get your like top 10 approved. Yes, please. <laughs> please let me. Okay, who's, okay, you know the one that's, um, oh my gosh, I have my own nickname for him because now his name's Hunky. That's his nickname. But his real name is Torsten K. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Ridge. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, I call, oh, it's Ridge. Okay. I call him hunky. You call him hunky. Other people call him so hunky. do we. <laughs> <laughs> Toasty, so hunky. He's got a lot of good names. I'm like, hello, hunky. <laughs> yeah. Hunky. Hunky would be a good soap name. <laughs> Hun- hunky would be like a good soap parody name. <laughs> hunky hunky Smith. Well, Ridge has the distinction of having a brother named Thorn. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a oh. named after real people, by the way. Oh, that. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, it isn't the soap set in California. Mm-hmm. Yes, Los Angeles. Yes. They... Oh, 
They benefit People from that. People out here do have names like that. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, now, after All My Children wrapped, you joined Young and the Restless, where you are now. Um, now, the show had been looking for the right person to succeed Heather Thomas Victoria for a really long time. And so what do you remember about getting the role? Well, I'd been in L.A. for a, I came back after I told you guys I was done being fusions. And then I, <laughs> I came back here, lived for I think I was out here for about a year. And um, I had decided to go back to daytime again. I gave myself a little year off to sort of see what I wanted to do. And then I was like, well, I better get a job. Um, got a mouth to feed and I, I needed to be working again. And um, my I didn't even have a, um, a manager. I kind of fired everyone that I had. And um, a friend of mine had this guy named Michael Bruno, and he he happened to know that he's like, do you want to go out for this role? It's kind of a big role. I don't know if you're really interested. There's going to be a lot of dialogue. Uh, <laughs> it's Victoria Newman, you know. The, and I'm like, yeah, I know who that is. Oh, I know. And I knew of Heather Tom, and I had seen The Young and the Restless. I had watched it during time, you know, when I was looking at soaps and sort of, but I'd never really committed to it. I think I watched it when uh, Christine was crooked and Danny Romilotti, and I sort of like, that's when I really started watching, it, but I never did. I was really yes, into it. It yeah. was awesome. I loved then. Cricket and Danny. Oh, was, I wanted everything. Yeah. Uh, me too. They were all so cute. And Tracy Bregman. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So, but I never got into it. But, um, so I was like, well, okay, I'll go on it. Um, but I don't know if I want to do a role with a ton of dialogue <laughs> because I had been so used to being a fusion girl for so long. And all I did was my joke on the show of all my children, I would just stand in the background in the plant. And like, I would not really talk that much. Um, so I was a little nervous about taking on such a large role, but, um, I went and I, ca- I came to the, I think there was an aud- a preliminary audition. And then there was one where we all were called in, I got a call back and we all came in together and there were about eight or nine of us. And this, this, at this time they really, they did auditions differently than they do them now. They like had you go on set and they would actually tape it with the cameras and you would, I mean, I don't think they do it like this anymore, but, um, and you would work with various actors. Like I had to, um, audition with Eric and Peter Bergman. And I think I auditioned also with Thad, which is so funny because then I ended up marrying him. And then I auditioned with, um, Michelle Stafford. I mean, they put you through all these people and I was like, Oh my God, I just want to go. This is awful. There's like eight people. I was the last one. I had to sit in the studio all day. I was like, so nervous and they were you know it was getting all kinds of advice and people were like coming in and like okay I think this role is yours but you gotta you know like I had the executive producer Ed Scott coming in and he's like you got this you got to do this and I'm like I don't even know if I want this I'm I don't know I, I'm just and, like, and at one point I promise you that I tell I've told this story a couple times because this is me <laughs> I went I gathered my purse and everything I had one more screen test to do with one of the actors and I gathered myself I'm like I'm getting out of here and I I was going to go walk down the hall and just walk out and just be like, I was ready to not do it. Cause I was just, they made me wait all day. Cause there were so many actresses doing it. And then, um, as I opened the door, I opened it up and our, the casting director was standing there with a basket full of like chips and cookies and all this stuff. And she's like, chips. And I'll <laughs> never forget it. Cause she, it's like, she knew I was going to leave. <laughs> she knew I was like a flight risk. <laughs> Which, <laughs> And I, I was, I, I mean, if people don't believe, like, why would you leave an audition? That's like an opportunity to, and people would kill for that. I just got nervous, you know, and I was just like, I think this is going to be too much and I'm just going to sneak out and they'll never know. Um, but then I ended up getting the role. <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and it's probably the best decision that I've ever made in my life. Well, not ever made my whole life, but career wise, it's been a really, really great call. And that's why I've been there for such a long time is because the people are just, amazing and I'm totally in love with my family my my fake tv family they're like I mean if you see us together you think we're a real family they're just like the loves of my life they're so wonderful Eric and Melody and Josh and you know Mosa Ordway um and all of them you like they're just like I couldn't leave like I would I I would my norm was to do three years and then just go do something else but I didn't want to leave I was so happy so when That's you were <laughs> when you were offered the job, like did you debate maybe not taking it because you thought it might be too much? Like it was that part of your story? Yeah. 
Yeah, my and my the guy that I told you about that kind of got me the audition. He's like Amelia. I was getting ready to throw myself in front of a subway train because he was in New York. I'm like, Michael, don't say that. He's like, I thought you left. I thought you weren't going to take the job. (laughs) He really wanted me to take the job. I'm like, Michael, don't be so dramatic. I just, I mean, are you sure? And then I guess at one point they brought us back again because they were hiring me either for Victoria or for Mac. And they didn't know which one. And so that's when I read with Thad and then they picked someone. They picked me for Victoria, and they picked the I forget her name, but you guys probably remember it. Kim McKinley, Rachel Kimsey. No, Rachel Kim. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she and I both uh, got a role that day. Um, now, this was your first time as a recast. You know, what was it like to just sort of step into this role, knowing someone else had memorably played it, and um, how did you approach it? Um there was an element of wanting to be the strong that everyone told me about. Like, Oh, she's the strong. She was very strong and bullsy. And, and I was like, okay, well, that's not really who I am, but I, it took me a little while to find, you know, I would, I think I would try to be that and it wouldn't work. So I would just sort of like try So you know what it, it honestly, it just took time. And then I didn't, read any people's reactions. I don't, I don't do that anyway, but like, I didn't want to know cause you can't really compare yourself when, especially I know Heather now, like we see each other all the time. She's, she's awesome. I really, really like her. Um, but there's no way I could play the character the way she played it. I was going to play it the way that I play it. And ultimately, um, you know, they wanted this strong character and ultimately I found my own strength. It may not have looked like hers, but it was mine. Um, and I, yeah, I, I mean, remember like one time somebody, people would say things like, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I'm like, my feelings would get hurt. And I'm like, well, I'm trying, but it was like a transition period. Mm-hmm. And then after a certain amount of time, it just becomes your own. And I think the fans receive it the way that they're going to receive it. And then they, most of the time, I mean, why not our fans just want to love the show? I think they just want to love the show. They want to believe in the person that's in the role and, and they, ultimately end up giving them a chance if they can, you know, merit their favor somehow. Mm -hmm. And somehow I did. So, um, not everyone's, but I think, I think that's well said, like people, you know, they do, they want to love you and, uh, give you a fair, a fair shake. They do. And they want that would have of every character. You know, I see, I know people like have been so when Gina came on, they were like kind to her. And, you know, you always have the people that are not going to be, they're going to be the hater people, but, um, and then they give the person a chance. And then, you know, even Gina's gone now and Michelle's back and they're, they still like, it's, it's the love of the show, I think. Yeah. That's like ultimately the love story, I think, is the audience in the show, you know? Um, wait, so you brought up your, your family, the Newman family. Um, and I want to hear more about your thoughts on the folks in your, like, in your, in your, in your clan. And I have to say, if you're ever having a bad day, you just call up Melody Thomas Scott's digest podcast, because when she spoke about you, if memory serves, it brought me to tears. It was just the sweetest. I love her so much. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us about your, tell us about Melody and your relationship with her. Oh my God. I just love her so much. I I don't know how it happened, but we're all so, we just love each other. We just laugh and everything like we don't even she doesn't know all the details of my personal life she doesn't know everything about my day-to-day we don't call each other on a daily basis but when we're at the studio it's just like I don't know we've just had years of and it happened right away actually with her because she and Eric were they're just I don't know I like I we liked each other from the start and I'm not sure why because they're not like that with everyone and I'm not like that with everyone but and I actually thought they were going to be great big divas and they weren't they were just like um really kind to me and not in an overly kind way but just like it took a little time and as the days went on and the years went on we just became closer and closer and we get on set and we just get each other like Eric me and Mel and Josh we just get each other and we all end up just laughing because I think the mentality the way they think about what we're doing for a living and like the day to day and the year to year. And like, there's it's just so much time spent with each other in these roles, which is unlike any other thing on television. Um, they just, you have to laugh at it. And we all laugh 
but we all also take it very seriously at the same time, which is funny because they have the nice balance of getting it, you know, like it's not real life, but it's, it means something to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, now, you had some incredible scenes recently with Eric um, when Victoria demanded the CEO seat at Newman. I mean, they were totally <laughs> riveting. Um, so, you know, what, you. what was your experience just sort of going toe to toe with Eric that way? And for you, what is more fun to play, Victoria and Victor at odds or Victoria and Victor getting along? Um. I think um, both, but I like it when he... He's so good. He's just so good. He he really wants to put himself into everything. He and I like to play the ones where we sort of butt heads, but um, he likes to always, it, from the minute I started working with him, he always wants to show the love that he has for his daughter. He doesn't ever want to lose that. He knows the audience wants to see us loving each other ultimately. So we always he always has this talk with me about how make sure to show the love. He's so aware of the relationship and the importance of the father daughter and father the relationship with the Newman family that he really, he, it matters to him that people see it that way. Um, mm -hmm. but he loves the fighting stuff. And so do I. Mm -hmm. So obviously you've been in the role for a, a good while now. Do you have a storyline that's a personal favorite or one that you were particularly proud of the work that you did during, uh, from your tenure as Victoria? I really did like the Delia storyline. I liked it because it was like the first time that it, I, well, it's the second time I ever saw the cast come together emotionally mm -hmm. over something because um, there were so many people involved yeah. in the story and they were like all on board to just give their full emotion. And, the, you know, it was like, we were all in synchronicity with that. And it, it like meant something like people would come to work and the, even the crew and everyone would get, they would be quiet when normally people talk on set all the time, but they knew that it was important to everyone. So everyone you know, quieted down. And it was a story that meant something um, to the show at the time. And so that one was a good one for me. Um, I really, really loved when they put Billy and Victoria together in the very beginning, when the humor that we played together was so much fun for me back then. It was like, I was having the time of my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Those but, were great. Um, yeah, it was just fun. Mm -hmm. Now, in uh, 2014 and 15, you won back-to-back -back daytime Emmys for Outstanding Supporting Actress. So what do you remember about the experience of your first win, and what about the second time? Um, the first one, I had a really bright orange dress on. <laughs> I remember it. And I <laughs> was actually a really nice designer, but it was like, oh, that's nice, you know. Um, and then I guess I didn't really think I was going to win because the uh, I thought probably, you know, Liz would win because it was her sort of daughter story. But so I was a little bit surprised. I don't even know if we were in the same category. Maybe we weren't. She's not, well, who knows? But anyway, um, yeah, I was so glad that it wasn't televised because I didn't want to mess up a speech in, in, on TV <laughs> or say something, you know, like. And I know that they gave you a timer and everything. So I was nervous. I was more nervous about public speaking than winning. You know, I just didn't want to get up on the stage and talk. Um, but it went fine. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was really thrilled. Um, and then the next year it was televised. And I think I, I think, <laughs> I think when they cut to me, I might have said a bad word, but you couldn't hear it, but, <laughs> but you saw my mouth make the word. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> Oh no. And it was televised. Oh no. Why can't we reverse the years? <laughs> because I was like a little shocked about that one. <laughs> But it was fun. I mean, I, uh, I, you know, winning is always nice. It's always fun. Makes Not that many people have two night. daytime and Emmys on their mantle. I mean, that's pretty back. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was really honored. It was really cool. I was. I'm not going to lie to you. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you keep them? Uh, right now, they're in the office, and they're on the top shelf. And they're very, like, pokey. Like, the wings of those <laughs> angels are dangerous. So I put them up there because they're, like, really stabby. I think I probably impaled a couple people that night when I won and I'm walking <laughs> around with it. They're really sharp. They should rethink the design. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so the design is a liability well, they, they, issue. They rethought the logo this year, so perhaps right. they'll make the design yeah. less um, injurious. <laughs> really? Oh, no, the, the logo's different? Just a little different, a little more modern. They kind of gave it a little facelift, so... Maybe we'll see the award More get modern. Too. Ooh, la, la. Yeah, yeah, right? Big changes. Okay. Yeah, totally. I don't need to see it. <laughs> cool. We'll have to text you a sneak peek. Um, so next March. Would you that would be so cool. <laughs> be like, don't tell anyone. This is Emmy's new look. Um, so wait, next March, it's going to be the 15-year mark that you're hitting in the role of Victoria. What does that milestone sound like to you hearing it out loud and what does it mean to you um seems like that long but it doesn't seem like that long it seems almost like sometimes shorter and sometimes longer and then I can't I I, it scares me to think like I never thought I would be in a place so long and what's it like when it's not that it's going to end anytime soon but if it were like what this has become such a part of my life and the people that I see on a day-to-day basis is like quit like quitting a, a job after 15 years not that I'm quitting I didn't <laughs> but um you know what I mean like this is like a legacy for me almost like this is I'll be known for this for being on YNR because I've been there so long mm-hmm. you know most likely not that if anyone knows me or googles me one day they'll be like oh yeah she was on YNR for whatever years so it's like wow this was I've put my life into this place already and it just went by so fast but my my son is 24 so (laughs) like I said at the beginning of this that's life it just goes by really fast so um I'm grateful I don't have any regrets about staying there and I you know all those people that I work with I just love them I adore them well I mean Besides getting the list from you, this has been, you know, <laughs> super fun name discussion. Yes. You. So we definitely want you to give us the names. Um, we will share them perhaps in the magazine <laughs> so the head writers can get an idea of like what cooler soap names are. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we, we really thank you so thank much for you. joining us. Yeah. For your pers- first podcast, I think, I think me. you're very good at it. Yeah, you hit it out of the park. I felt, well, it's because you guys were excellent and I had fun. So thank you. Oh, good. Well, thank you. We had fun too. We will talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Amelia Heinley for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up an issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.